Fmaw. 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 Crunchy, creamy, cookie, candy, cupcake. <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's, Let's take, take it from the, the top. top. The stage is set. The night, moist with apprehension. <laughs> the princess prepares to take her own life. It is far better to nourish worms than it is to, to live, live without, without love. love. She reaches for, for the poison chalice while the wicked Malkovio plots his ascension to the throne <laughs> while our aged father lives gravely ill yes I am gravely ill hark who goes there tis I the hero here to rescue his emotionally unstable maiden stand back you, vi- you jailers of virtue or taste the bitter sting of my vengeance the sting of my Dr. Marks Dr. Marks I'm not getting anything from you People, we talked about this. Acting is reacting. Victor, you were wooden. There, I said it. Mr. Timms, you were good. Perhaps a little too good. What's that, Victor? My character's undefined? That's, That's absurd. absurd. I, I'm, I'm the guy, the hero, the protagonist. Every story needs, needs a, hero. a hero. Who else is better suited to bask in the g- glorious adulation of his, his numerous companions? companions. Who am I? I could be anyone. Why, I could be a mighty sea captain returning from a mighty voyage to reclaim his mechanical arm. Or I could be the rogue anthropologist battling pythons down in the Congo. Down, Chonga, down. And if you desire romance, I will become the greatest lover the world has ever known. Fantastic. Hola. I couldn't help but notice you noticing me noticing you. You know, the women find me uncomfortably good looking. Oh, stop it. No, really. Well, if you must. Oh, that tickles. What are you doing? Are those real? That's it. Conflict. Victor, you were right. I have been undefined. People, I've had an epiphany. I've had an epiphany. A hero cannot exist in a vacuum. What our hero needs is a dramatic train of events that propels the hero into conflict. No, I am the father. And here we go. That belongs in a museum. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? You're gonna need a bigger boat. This is Sparta! Remember, with great power, great responsibility. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sattler, welcome to Jurassic Park. I know, we put on the performance of a lifetime. Welcome back to Easily Entertained. <sighs> back with me, Bryson, and Cormac. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. Yeah! yeah. sound like oscillating up yeah <laughs> we're hilarious yeah if you didn't know what that scene was you're missing out because Facts. it's one of the best movies that oh we my gosh. really love and we're going to talk about it today that is rango the animated western from 2011 mm-hmm. if you haven't heard of rango it stars johnny depp as yes. a chameleon that gets stranded out in the desert and Mojave he desert decides to put on an act and become a lawman. Mm-hmm. The Sheriff Rango. Classic gunslinger western. With a little bit. 
anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. Kind of with some meta commentary on the genre as well. Yeah. So yeah. we are super excited to talk about it today. Absolutely. It's one of my, one of my favorites from childhood for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think the first time I watched it was with one of my cousins. I think it was either in 2011 or 2012. It was when it had first released onto mm-hmm. DVD. Yeah. And this is when, this is before like Netflix was hugely popular. I think it was around, but it was more the DVD renting service than streaming right. at the time. Um, and we, instead, we rented from Redbox because me and my cousin Ben, we were having a sleepover at our place. It was great. And on the way back to our home, we were going to find a movie and I think I had wanted to really see Rango. I thought the trailer looked sick. And so we picked it up at Redbox. I remember texting our Aunt Melissa and we're like, can Ben also watch this? Right. Because, yeah. it, because we had heard things that it was a bit more it adult. Says hell. Yeah, it's a bit bit darker for sure. an, for an animated. Right. Movie. Something that's like a DreamWorks animated, you're like, oh, this is a little more Yeah, you're like but mm. it's this isn't the typical Nickelodeon, Spongebob type yeah. style. Yeah. Still, like, a, still a kid's show. Exactly. And so that's how I got to watch it for the first time. And from the first time, I've oh, loved yeah. it. Yeah. My mom did not care for really? it. Really? Growing up, she, I think because of the more adult aspects sure. of the film, uh, that's why she didn't really like it. And then, right. I don't know. You're missing out, Mom. It's a well-made movie. Dude, it is so good. It was one, I think the first time I saw it, my mom had bought it, just like bargain bin style or something mm-hmm. like that, a Walmart DVD style. And uh, it became one that, you know, if, 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 if you ever did this, your seats in the back of the car, you had like the screen on it. And oh, yes. Yeah. We didn't that. have those very often, but we did have one for like road trips. Yeah, we exactly. For road trips. to the... Attach it to the car, exactly. That's that Rango became a classic for the road trip uh, in my family. Me and my brothers love Rango. We'll watch that anytime, any day. Just we love it so much. We had one like that, particularly when me and my brother, or just any of our siblings, we would usually go with our grandparents and we would go to Idaho to get potatoes because right. our family own I don't know if they owned or knew people that owned like a warehouse full of potatoes and we can just go get them. It oh was, nice. It was awesome. Free taters, and, baby. And so usually our grandparents were the ones that went and they would get a bunch of sacks of potatoes and bring them back for all the family that's close by. And we would watch uh, open season. Oh that, dude. That was our go to. We nice. brought that with the little like D V D player. Yeah the little zipper bag too. Exactly. And watched that the entire time. It Open season's awesome. a classic. If we had it on DVD, I'm sure that would have been one my brothers and I watched a lot too. Yeah, we loved that one. We'll have to do an episode on that one too. Dude, yeah, that, that and like Over the Hedge. Yes, oh, cabin I, movies. I love those kind of movies. The ones yes. where like specifically for like camping cabins, yeah. like where you're out kind of in the middle of nowhere and you're not like surrounded by these bajillion options from streaming. Right, yeah. You actually have like these set movies. You've got you to pick a DVD. Okay. It's wonderful. We love DVDs around here. We do. We do. Trust me, we do. <laughs> For all of June and July, oh, yeah. it was DVD central. Absolutely. It, it was. was great. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it wasn't awful. It was a good thing we had DVDs. That's we, for sure. We would have gone nutty insane more more so than we are now yeah anyways back to rango so this movie like i said it's a western 
And I'm not a huge fan of Westerns. Same. Quite honestly. I find them usually, one, they're kind of full of a lot of tropes. Oh, yeah. Where, like, it's the typical, like, hero's journey trope, which is fine. That's how a lot of movies are based. They're just not always Western setting. Yeah. And But I don't particularly care for it regardless of the setting. Like, unless it's written really well. Like, in this movie, it has a hero's journey, but it's a different kind of hero's journey. We'll kind of get that more later and they have that the setting i didn't always care for maybe that's because i grew up in utah (laughs) so the kind of desert dry feel felt too similar to me and i was like i don't really been there done that don't really care about this sure but as i've kind of grown up i like the setting more just less in a western context sure like having modern type stories in that kind of desert area that I like but yeah. it's the western kind of feel that I don't care for and then I don't know maybe it's the southern draw I'm not always about it <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah it's but I like that this movie although it's a western it kind of challenges a lot of those western tropes in fact calling them out half the time yeah even just hearing that little opening sequence that we did <laughs> That is directly from the movie, and they are calling out a lot of tropes from modern, well... Just from film. From storytelling out of yeah, true. everything. Because they're basically doing a kind of Shakespearean kind of play, and then they talk about more adventure, and then we get thrown into a Western conflict right. where this character has to kind of put on the, the gruff, show, put the on gruff the show. lawman. Yeah catches bounty hunters that kind of he's thrust into a role he's an actor exactly and that's what i kind of like because at first he's in like a floral shirt (laughs) looking like he's fresh from vacation which he's a chameleon so that kind of fits his character oh for sure he's very out of place in the movie Mm -hmm. and i love that because typically in a western everything feels in place yeah you're like yep we've all been here a long time Yeah. yeah We've been doing this for twenty some odd years. I've been That's... I've been running my ranch. I'm like that feels like country folk. Yeah, yeah. I'm like growing That's... up in the area that we did. <laughs> yeah, we're like yeah, we know what farm people are like. Yep. It's uh, that's something that I really do love about it as well, where Rango is out of place, and so that's what that's you know again, it's it's they're doing a whole meta, calling it out the whole time, but not in in an in your face way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it's kind of awesome. Because he does, he gets thrust in conflict because he is super out of place, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful to watch um, their their show don't tell strategy in this, especially when it comes to Rango, because his his physical appearance will change until at the end of the movie he looks in place, mm-hmm. and and obviously that happens with a lot of things and costuming, even in like live theater and stuff, they'll do that, but I really really love how they do it with Rango because there are especially toward the beginning where the town's like, oh, yeah, well, why don't you be our sheriff and what have you? And they kind of just jump onto him and mm-hmm. have him do that immediately. He gets in this kind of ridiculous, like, black and red, almost more Spanish it ma- cowboy. It makes you think of um, Marty McFly and Back to the Future yeah, 3. When, exactly. When it's their interpretation of what these people should look like versus the real thing. Right. And so it's like in Back to the Future 3 when he goes back and he's wearing the pink... pink. Cowboy getup, and everyone's like, What the heck are you wearing, boy? And then that's kind of how Rango is like. He's very much out of place. He's 
looking for more of the putting on a performance rather than actually getting into the role and becoming the sheriff itself. Right. And I like that kind of that version of the hero's journey yeah. where he learns to accept that role. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic in this film. Right. And um, yeah. it's cool. It's cool with the, the Western story as you like, as we talked about, it's, it is placed in the Western thing, but as we talk about Rango's story, it's very much not Western. Yeah. Where he's just, he, it, that's, that's a really beautiful thing about the, the way that they, they wrote Rango's characters because it could have been anything. He, yeah. He's just he's just a family pet, really. At the start of the movie, he's a family pet. So really, he could have been anything. It's almost like a flushed away situation, mm-hmm. where even he was just a family pet. But That's I a love good movie too. Oh yeah, I've seen that forever. Flushed away is great. But I love when the the fact that they take the angle of having him wanting to be like an actor and like wanting that putting on that performance because. Whether you want to, you know, choose acting as a career or not, or if you're interested in Don't acting do it. at all, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, it's it, that's something you can anybody can relate to. Everybody's had to put on a performance of some kind mm-hmm. at some point in their life, whether they wanted to or not. And it makes it really easy to relate to Rango. And as he's kind of thrust into a western, it's kind of like, oh, well, I don't know. And then just neither does he. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. And as soon as he kind of starts gaining attachment to this mm-hmm. world the mayor is like eh, this thing is all gonna go away we're gonna follow the march of progress because they because like we said this world kind of is a western but it starts in the real world it's some people driving cars he's a house pet they see vegas being built and why all the water is gone from their little town and so they kind of realize that, oh, it's no longer really a Western area anymore. Mm-hmm. And so Rango becomes more protective of his role now. Because now, although he's was kind of thrust into it, he's gained attachment for it and right. the people that are around him. They, and so they to have also the, attached to him. Exactly. And to have all of those things ripped away, that's what we're now fighting for. We want to solve the problem of the modern progression and keep the tradition while also bringing something new to that area. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is fantastic. And it kind of brings up this sort of asymmetry that's throughout the movie, regardless of the story, of the character design, the way the characters act. The movie, I watched a review one time on this, can't remember the guy's name but he he called rango the anti-animation animation animation. Mm. this film is meant to look so imperfect it's fantastic because so i've kind of talked about things similar in like across the spider-verse or teenage mutant ninja turtles they're they're kind of designed to look a little off and this one it's a very similar aspect, but it's very hyper-realistic. Right. And much like realism, nothing is perfect. And with the Western vibe, they try to put it to an even greater extent, making everything look very gross, yeah, just grimy, kind of dirty. Together. And I like Whatever that. you could use. Exactly. And I like that asymmetry side to things. I think that gives a more 
realistic approach to it. And then with the story, that helps you gravitate towards the characters a lot more because now they are real. Your life isn't perfect symmetry. It's not, everything's not going to go your way. Everything's not going to go these characters' way. And so that makes you grab onto these emotions a lot stronger. These people feel like they're going to lose their town. They're going to lose their livelihoods. That's something almost everyone, especially in the modern age, can relate to. As things start to progress, feeling the march of progression, AI, you start to feel that loss of control and the loss of your stability. A little bit of a looming. Yeah. Exactly. And that kind of asymmetry to the story lets you be a part of it yourself. Even if... The setting is meant to be a much older setting. We can still relate to it. And I think that gives it that imperfect kind of feel, challenges traditional ideas, but still kind of keeping some of the core values in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Something I really love with regards to like the asymmetry is there are a, a few moments through where they're doing this really rapid conversation Mm -hmm. and and somebody says this somebody says this and then there's kind of two different lines maybe multiple different lines that are going on at the same time and everybody's hearing this and everybody's hearing that and like it it, it comes for some goofy jokes like where they're like uh the the crow the the wounded bird he's Mm -hmm. he's their guide right there their uh tracker it says something about the the people that they're tracking and and he says there's these two the riding side saddle and one of them has an uh an enlarged prostate and, <laughs> and you're like, sorry? Yeah, right? And they just drop that in there. And then all the other characters immediately jump onto that. And someone says this, and someone says that, and then someone's got a bad valve. And then it's like everybody, and then whoosh, someone needs, needs a, a checkup. checkup. And it's like, huh? What just happened? Because that is, I mean, it, it, again, everybody has done been in a situation where that happened. Exactly. Exactly, where everyone's talking over each other. You can't really understand what's going on or the context of everything. And so it kind of keeps building and building and building upon itself and that makes it real because that's the kind of stuff that happens in real life once again i had another thought (laughs) it feeds it feeds into those it feeds into those characters stories Mm -hmm. because uh, especially as they're out on this hunt they're looking for their livelihood and so they're all a little a little shaken Mm -hmm. and and a little lost and confused like they are in conversation Yeah, and I like that with all the character designs as well, like them all being so misshapen. Some of them having missing limbs, arrows through their eyes. Even Rango, our main protagonist. Oh, he is jank. Yeah, (laughs) he is not what you would think of when it comes to a hero. Especially, yeah, leading Especially in a a Western. Oh, double, yeah. In a typical Western, you're thinking of this, like, pretty beefed up guy he's ready to go fight some people rango he's got a pot belly his head is very crooked it's like misshapen zigzag yeah his neck is a zigzag and super skinny one of his eyes is off like it's bigger than the other one yeah he looks imperfect and that encapsulate encapsulates encapsulates thank you the whole story and that makes it feel more genuine and actually gets you to connect with Rango as a character and when he gets found out about all of his deceptions it makes you feel even more for him because you've been caught in a lie before everyone's done it 
And so you feel that kind of, oh, no. Now he has to deal with the repercussions of his right. actions. That's that's something that's so fantastic, especially about animation, is the way that they can do that subtle, subliminal messaging to your, mm-hmm. to your mind. Like, not in a scary way. Of course, they're not, like, flashing, like, I don't know, you know, Illuminati messages between, <laughs> you know, frames. It's not that kind of thing. It's sleep. like... It's sleep. Right. Sleep. <laughs> nightmare, 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 nightmare. It's those little things that your brain will pick up on because... You're, you don't, whether you notice it or not, it's an endless stream of stimulus coming mm-hmm. through your eyeballs. And it's a, that's, that's what's beautiful about a visual medium. And, and the difference between like a visual and an audio medium, I feel like, is kind of th- that. Where the visual is really, it, it can affect you on a subtle level. Where you can just barely catch on this little thing and you're not doing it on purpose. Audio makes you do it on purpose. It makes you imagine what's happening. Um, and then when they come together, that's just something beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think, especially when we were watching it last night, you were noticing a lot of the diegetic sound. Oh, yeah. Where, if you don't know, that sound that's actually part of their physical world. Right, yeah, so and the not just themselves can hear it, not just the audience. Exactly. So, like, music is a non-diegetic sound. Typically. Y- usually. In this film... They have a mariachi band that does it that'll, all. That'll randomly start playing. It's so like good. when they are going to try and find the water, and they pick up something on the trail, and they'll be like, "Now we, we ride. ride," and then you hear, and there's nothing. That means we're riding no. now, this moment, As and then they start playing some over. epic music to dun, 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 start dun, 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 riding dun. off into the distance for. Yeah, and that would be diegetic sound. Right, because the characters are hearing it. Exactly. And, and I love that joke. Again, it's some of that meta meta commentary and meta comedy, but mm-hmm. it's so funny to me every time it happens. And when I was a kid, of course, I didn't understand it as much. I just figured that, like, hey, they're talking to each other, and mm-hmm. that doesn't always happen, I guess. But now, as I've studied a little bit more about audio and, and film and the, the diegetic sound, I was like, dang, that's actually hilarious. Like, yeah. I really love the idea that they're, like... We can't do anything without our music, you know. Like, exactly. if they're not playing, we're not moving, you know. That may that really relates to a modern audience because yeah. we can't go a single second without some sort some of stimulus. With some stimulus, I can't be left alone with my thoughts. <laughs> what will happen? Yeah. <laughs> and so having that in this film where they have to add that or the mariachi band kind of following Rango because they just right, think he's like going to die. His story, yeah. And so they're like, let's watch this happen because this is going to be hilarious. This chameleon in the desert is just going to obliterate himself. Right. Which is, again, speaking to the writing where the mariachi band isn't there for the sake of being there. They're like, yeah, let's watch this chameleon get shredded by the desert. Like, it, this is going to be hilarious. Exactly. It takes its own spin on the Western genre. Oh, yeah. And with our main character... That's the whole point. The whole point. Is choosing your own story. From the beginning, like we did in our little opening sequence, (laughs) Rango asks himself who Who, he is. Yeah, who am I? Like me shopping at Walmart. Because he doesn't know. And finally, when he's thrust into this world, he knows who he is. Sort of. Now. He's, He's assigned who he is. He's called as a cast. Exactly. He's now like... Well, I can be this person. So he'll jump onto it. Uh-huh. And then when he's called out, that's when things kind of go wrong. Because once he kind of claims the sheriff persona, he's just winging it. He's mm-hmm. improving the entire time, which... So funny. Little sidetrack. 
I love how they made this movie. Yeah. Because typical animated movies, they kind of just do the voices and oh, then they will yes. they will animate over it. This movie, because Johnny Depp plays the main character, Johnny <laughs> Depp is very much a method actor. Mm-hmm. And not in the... Not a crazy uh, way. Yeah, not in the douchebag way. <laughs> he actually just gets really into his characters and wants to fully act. And with this movie, because it was animated... Right, voice he, acting. He didn't just want to do the voices. So almost everything was recreated as an actual like scene. And it helped for like reference images because they could record them actually acting and they could get all the little quirks and little movements that Johnny Depp brings to the character or any of the other actors bring to the characters. And so that made it feel all the more real as well. And so it's like an actor playing an actor. Yeah. And I think Johnny Depp being this character and kind of having to just improv the entire time tells a lot about the character and the actor playing it. Yeah. Because they are choosing their own stories and they're working on it as they're going along. They have no idea where they're going yet. They have to kind of figure that out along the way. And with that comes some mishaps. Rango keeps having to kind of lie and be like, oh yeah, I've done this. I killed all those Jenkins brothers mm-hmm. with one bullet. And that, become, seven of them. and that becomes a thing throughout the film. Yeah. And, Recurring joke moments. And he kind of has to play like he's actually knowing what he's doing. Yeah. And then by the end, when our not exactly main villain, but our kind of side main villain, Rattlesnake Jake, Rattlesnake comes up. Jake. He calls him out on his BS. In front of everyone. He's the crux of that. He's like, you didn't do any of these things. Say you it. ain't even from the West. You ain't even from you? the West. Tell everybody because we no. all know you're lying. And that causes Rango to rethink who he is. It's he gets he just, really small in that moment, which is like because just before that moment, he's as big as he's been the whole film and then just crushed. Mm-hmm. And it shows that in the filmmaking as well. As he's leaving the town, you get a lot of wide shots. Lots of It them. is him and the surrounding environment. It's not close up on him like a hero is. No. It's showing that this character's at his lowest. He's isolated. And they have basically a metaphor for suicide. Yeah. Is him. He goes to the highway where he ends. He ended up at the beginning of the movie where he was thrown out of the car and thrust into this world. He is rethinking his entire motives. Right. And yeah, he, he once again asks, who am I? Mm-hmm. And then he, he answers himself for, I think the, for the first time, like, yeah. like seriously, he answers himself. I'm nobody. And then walks into the highway. Right. And it's this clarity that kind of comes to him. Cause after he walks across the highway, he makes it, he doesn't get hit. There's cars going. They think basically you think he's going to get right. roadkill. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. He makes it to the end. To the other side, if to you will. To the other side. And he's carried away. And he meets the spirit of the West. Spirit of the West. This is the embodiment of the Western movie. Yep. The character, like the design, is meant to be Clint Eastwood. Exactly. And so... And he's riding in his alabaster carriage, a golf cart. Yeah. Guarded by Golden Guardians. 
a bunch of Oscars. Exactly. It's so funny. It's it's hilarious. so funny. We love the meta commentary the when most, it's done well. Even in the most serious moment of the film, you're like, that's funny. You're like, I'm so, I'm so glad this is how it is. That is pretty comical. We like that one. Right, yeah. He's just out there on the dried up lake bed collecting old fish hooks. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and this is where Rango realizes that the story is not about him. him. It's about everything. It's about everyone. And that makes him actually be like, okay. I got to care about these people. I care about these people. It's now not just a role to me. It's my job. Mm -hmm. And that's when things take a turn. When he actually understands his story and how it affects other people. And then he gets back to town. He creates an elaborate plan to stop the bad guys. And that is the best part of the film is where he recognizes his story and how he's supposed to react and that not he recognizes his part in the story he he, exactly he's become accepted and and not not only does he accept himself but i mean he's lived at in in a box his whole life there's a little moment in the movie where they talk about that where it's like oh i couldn't imagine be locked up in a box my whole life he's like yeah yeah definitely couldn't imagine imagine. um so it, it it's yes he's he's come he's come out of himself because he all he's ever had is himself mm-hmm. until now and then he realizes well okay then let's go let's then I'm a part of this yeah I'm I no think, longer just me yeah I think it really tells to it's like an actor's story is them actually figuring out who they are in in that the show. story in the show in the movie in the film whatever it is they, the movie or film. I love Same redundancy. <laughs> what have you. Okay. But he, he learns who he is, and that's how it is to be an actor. And I like that this story tells that. It gives us a glimpse into this Western world that lets all these characters have their own stories. It builds the lore on all these people a lot. It lets them express different kinds of different parts of themselves. Being able to show off their good and their bad the asymmetry of everything while also giving commentary on a old genre and i love that and so that kind of brings us to the end of rango no but before we leave you know what time it is question of the week this question of the week was kind of brought on by Cormac. So, yeah. Qu- Cormac, do you want to ask it since yeah. you came up with it? Yeah. Um, oftentimes, when I watch any movie, this is kind of a question that I'm always <laughs> that I've always got on my mind. Like, hmm. And sometimes I rearrange the question a little bit. Like, oh, who 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 would somebody else think I am in this movie? You know, like if somebody were to cast me in this film, where would where would they cast me? Mm-hmm. You know, just like who do I relate to most is basically the question. But you know, just a little more specific than that. So in this one, which character would you most want to be in? So not necessarily which one do you think you are the most like. I mean, if that's the case, then fine. But which one do you want to be? Know what I mean? Hmm. Let's see. Which one would I want to be? To be honest, because I don't feel like I'm like this person, but I would 100% want to be Rattlesnake Jake. Because he, he is, is freaking sick. He's bad age. He got for sure. his rattle is a machine gun. Gatling gun tail. That's the Come coolest on. character design I've ever seen. I love that. And I like I although I don't always love the southern draw, mm-hmm. 
I love the way Rattlesnake Dude, Jake talks. His, his voice acting is it's impeccable. Impeccable. For the show. I mean, if honestly, you, the whole show, really. But. If you haven't seen Rango, which, by the way, anytime you're listening to one of these episodes, I'm amazed if you haven't already seen it. True. But True. makes sense. We're kind of reviewing things, and we don't always go super in detail about True. the details of the story, so you aren't usually spoiled. Too much. But... If you haven't watched it, be sure to watch it because it's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, I think Rattlesnake Jake would be sick yeah. to play. My older brother's name is Jake, so we always kind of pictured him that way too. That is hilarious. Cormac, who would you want to be? You know, it's a good question. I, I Like I say, I ask this about myself in literally any show I watch, whether it's live theater, TV, movies. Mm. I'm always like, yeah, that's me. I Yeah. That's me. That's this. I love those TikToks. Me. Uh, I I've always loved Spoons. He's always been one of my favorite characters in Rango. He's just he's he's got those he's got those moments where he's trying to be all tough, but he's he's a small mouse, and of course that's all symbolic of, of his choice of character and what have you. Mm-hmm. And then but then as soon as somebody's like, come on, Spoons, like really? Especially there's a really big moment for Spoons toward the toward the end where. Where Rango's like out there trying to tell people that they've you gotta have hope and stuff, and then he says, "Well, they've." He's like, "Let's cut off their giblets," but Rango's like, "Really, spoons? Is that who you are?" And then he's like, "Well, no, but they've taken all our hope." Mm-hmm. And and so I I really do love that. And then also he's just a, a goofy little dude with his little spoons. <laughs> I found a human spinal column yeah, in my exactly. fecal matter once. Exactly. It's you so... might want to get that looked at. Yeah, either spoons or or waffles. I love Waffles, and I didn't know his name until before recording this episode, and we were looking up the characters. He's the he's the horned toad, mm-hmm. or not not toad, horned lizard. Horny toads is also what they're called. Oh, really? Yeah. Embarrassing for me. We have them out in like Enoch. Oh, a cool. lot of them. Apparently, one of my coworkers used to just catch them all the time in his backyard. Nice. But yeah, they're lizards, but they can also be called horny toads if you've ever heard of those. Yeah, he's a funny little dude, and and he's he's got like some pretty ambiguous trauma that mm-hmm. he kind of mentions one <laughs> one bit here and there but I love his voice really is what I really love and, and it's a Cormac voice for yeah sure. dude it really is when he's like <laughs> talking to Bad Bill about the, about the new guy in town he's like hey Bad Bill Bad Bill he, he I got something to tell you he ain't afraid of none of you and then he's like well he might not be but maybe I am yeah. back away from Bad Bill he's bad you know I just he's, he, I love those smaller goofy characters for sure mm-hmm. I think that's your personality 100%. <laughs> but yeah, that was our question of the week. Dude, answer. And then if there's like TVs, TV series, shows, games that you want us to review, please, please. suggest it. Yeah. Because you're the audience. We'll do it for you. We like it. You, the audience. <laughs> Cedar City reference. Go to Off the Cuff. Yes. It's also like improv comedy in reference. Yeah, happened. true. But yeah, that was Rango. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode you're of inspired Easily to see it if you haven't heck yeah be sure to always tune back in and listen give us a follow <laughs> and review us if if you so desire if you, if you like it give us a five stars please it lets people know that you like the podcast and gets more people to listen or tell us we suck and we'll fix it I don't know yeah true we'll try and do whatever <laughs> we can if I decide to but anyways that is it for this episode so thank you for listening and this has been Easily Entertained you have been entertained Thank you.